Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of English with Tim. I am Tim. I'm from the U.S. state of Ohio. I've been an English teacher for 17 years, and I'm also a dictionary writer, polyglot, and world traveler. I'm here to share my knowledge with you so that you can learn English in depth and detail. In this week's episode, I'm going to tell you 10 English idioms. Idioms are expressions that have meanings that cannot be directly understood from the words that they contain. Using idioms in your speech and writing makes your speech more interesting. Learning idioms also gives you a window into the mentality or way of thinking of English speakers. So let's get started. First idiom, like clockwork. When something happens like clockwork, it happens in a way that is completely routine and predictable, happening at the same time and in the same way every time. For example, number one, like clockwork, she reads one book every single week. Two, like clockwork, James arrived at school 30 minutes late with a perfectly believable story explaining why. Three, and the last one, just like clockwork, Christian ordered an apple juice and an espresso after dinner. So if he does something like that, like clockwork, that means that he does it every time, and you can be sure that that's what he's going to do. So the logic of this idiom is pretty clear. Clocks are really reliable and predictable, so if something happens like clockwork, then it happens predictably. Next idiom, number two. Off the top of my head. When you can say something off the top of your head, you can say it immediately, without working to try to remember it, and without looking for the information in a book or online. Three examples. One. She is a real expert on movies. Tell her the name of any actor, and she can tell you off the top of her head several movies that that person has acted in. 2. I can't say off the top of my head exactly when I said thank you to you, but I have said it. 3. Edgar can tell you the capitals and former capitals of every country in Africa right off the top of his head. So, number 3. Show someone the ropes. First of all, what's a rope? So a rope is like a cable, but instead of being made of metal, like a cable is, a rope is made of something organic. You can find ropes most often on old-fashioned boats that have sails on them. Sails are the part of a boat that catches the wind and helps the boat to move forward. So when you show someone the ropes, it means that you show that person how to do something, usually the most and import, most important and basic ways of doing it. Um, two examples. One, office worker says to a new employee, I know you're new here, but don't worry, I'll show you the ropes. Two, what do you do? I teach information science. What level of students do you teach? Beginners. I show first-year students the ropes before they start studying more advanced materials. So, it seems to me that the origin of this one is from boats and sailing. When you first get on board an old-fashioned boat with a sail on it, again, the sail is the part of the boat that catches the wind, usually a big triangle-shaped thing. So when you first get on board an old-fashioned boat with a sail on it, you need time to understand what all of the different ropes do. So probably when a new person comes on board, another person literally shows that person the ropes. Next one, fake it till you make it. This one is a little bit complicated. If you fake it till you make it, it means that you do something without knowing how to do it correctly. You act like there's no problem and like you're totally calm and you know exactly what you're doing, and you continue acting that way until you've learned how to do it correctly. 
couple examples. One, in my first year of teaching English, I felt totally unqualified and unprepared, but I faked it till I made it. Two, in some jobs you can fake it till you make it. For example, teachers can fake it till they make it, depending on the topic, but doctors and airplane mechanics definitely cannot and should not fake it till they make it. Next one, right off the bat. What's a bat? So a bat is uh, something that is used when people play baseball. The bat is the long cylindrical stick, usually made of wood but sometimes metal, that players use to hit the baseball. So when you do something right off the bat, you do something immediately that most people would wait to do or just need a lot of time to do correctly. Four examples. One. When Sasha first came to the U.S. a year ago, he started earning $6,000 a month right off the bat. True story, actually. I met this guy, not his real name, but he um, came from Ukraine, and he um, started pouring concrete and uh, building houses, and he works a ton, and right off the bat, he started earning a lot of money. Um, number two, she got home from vacation and started complaining about everything right off the bat. So, again, immediately. Three, Steve walked into the steakhouse, and instead of ordering dinner, he ordered dessert and alcohol right off the bat. So, again, immediately, normally people would order um, dessert and alcohol after dinner, um, or at least dessert after dinner, but he didn't do it. He didn't wait. He did it immediately. He ordered those things right off the bat. Four, some people try to start speaking right off the bat when they learn a language, but others try to listen, read, or learn grammar. So, origin. According to an online resource that I found, the origin of off the bat is from baseball. When someone hits the ball with the bat, the first time that the ball is thrown to them, then that means that that person hit the ball right off the bat. As far as I know, that expression is no longer current in baseball. I don't really watch baseball, but, um, you know, I've been around for a while and I've never heard that um, um, used in connection with the game. Supposedly, this is a very old expression, at least in context of the game. Um, with this idiomatic meaning, um, it's a lot more common. Next expression, to run out of steam. If you run out of steam, it means that you run out of the strength, desire, or energy to do something. 1. I tried to run a marathon, but I ran out of steam around the 35th kilometer. Ran out of steam around the 35th kilometer, just didn't have any energy at that point. 2. The economy is running out of steam. Investors are selling stocks and buying dollars. 3. Office worker says this around 3 p.m. I think I'm running out of steam. Let's go downstairs and get some espresso so we can all wake up and work more. So this one, this meaning of this is probably quite clear too, or the origin of it is probably quite clear. So trains and big boats in the 19th century and a little bit beyond used to use steam engines. So if you ran out of steam, um, again, that means that you ran out of energy and started to slow down. Next one, I really like this one, between the devil and the deep blue sea. So if you're between the devil and the deep blue sea, it means that you are in an extremely difficult or unpleasant situation that you can neither solve nor escape from. Two examples. One, I was sick all weekend and have to make a presentation to the boss or she will fire me. So I guess you're between the devil and the deep blue sea then. Two, 
It's October, and soon all the fresh tomatoes will be gone. I have to either eat flavorless supermarket tomatoes or canned ones. I really am between the devil and the deep blue sea. I do feel this way. Um, it is October now, and the farmer's market that I go to um, every Tuesday is going to close in just a couple of weeks, and the tomatoes are already getting a little bit worse, and the ones, the supermarket tomatoes that you get in the U.S. just aren't any good. Um, yeah, that's life. Next expression, next idiom, out of the woods. When we say that someone is out of the woods, it means that they were in a very dangerous, serious situation, but that the situation is now finished and the person is safe. In fact, we most often use out of the woods in negative statements, as you will just see, as you will see in just a second. Number one, the operation was successful but your dad is not out of the woods yet. He has a long recovery ahead of him. Two, I've passed three of my exams, but I still have to take two more. I'm not out of the woods yet. Next expression, a cat got your tongue. If we say that a cat got someone's tongue, it means that the person is completely silent, not saying anything, usually because the person is afraid or shy. Two examples, one, what, did a cat get your tongue? Why don't you get up and talk to some people instead of sitting at a table all by yourself? Two, did a cat get your tongue? Why don't you, uh, why don't you say anything when people ask you questions? Hey, leave her alone. She's just very shy. Next expression, next idiom, have a cow. Um, it's important to note here that the verb have has a different meaning than it usually does. One meaning of have, the one that we're using in this expression, is to give birth. That's right, to have means to give birth sometimes. For example, uh, my mother had me when she was 30. So if you say that my mom had me when she was 30, it means that uh, when she was 30, she had me, um, she pushed me out of her body. Um, so, getting back to our idiom, if a person has a cow it means that that person gets extremely upset or angry about something and begins yelling or criticizing people for it. What is the connection between giving birth to a cow and being upset? Well, when a woman has a baby, she also yells and is in a lot of pain. So if someone has a cow, that's even more painful and involves much more yelling. So Bart Simpson is famous for saying, don't have a cow, man. Two examples. I borrowed your car, so what? You weren't home, I have insurance, and I filled the tank with gasoline when I was done. So don't have a cow. Two, my wife had a cow when she found out how much I had spent on my new electric guitar, so I had to return it and apologize to her. Last expression. This one's my favorite. And the dog barfed. So, my favorite of all, like I said. When a person or other animal barfs, it means that the food that they ate unexpectedly came back out of their mouth and fell on the ground. Synonym of this is vomit. Usually a person barfs because they ate some unfresh food or because they're sick. Now in English, if we find another person's actions to be morally unacceptable, we can say that the person is disgusting or that their actions are disgusting. And the strongest expression that we have of disgust is to barf. So, getting back to the expression, when we say, and the dog barfed, it means that someone did something so immoral and awful that even a dog would think it was disgusting and would vomit. Two examples. One, wait a minute, she stole her own twin sister's car, sold it for cash, 
then used the money to buy drugs? Yeah, you got it. Wow. And the dog barfed. Yeah, I know. Two. So, uh, so he really liked boxing, so he joined a secret underground boxing club that fought with whips and chains. He got into a fight with somebody and put him into the hospital for two weeks, but he didn't get into any legal troubles because his dad was a cop. Damn. And the dog barfed. Yeah, right? Actually, true story. I knew somebody that happened to. Won't say where it happened either. In any case, thank you for listening. That is all, um, actually, 11 idioms. I promised 10 at the beginning and gave you 11 instead. Nice bonus one about a dog barfing at the end. Hope you liked it um, and would love to hear your comments at the end, um, or read them, rather. And hopefully maybe you can um, use some of these idioms in the comments below. And I will um, talk to you all next Monday. Thank you.